Uh, did you bring your Bibles? Praise the Lord. Thought we'd use that for once. How's that? Amen. I want you to open. Uh, I believe this is a fitting sir, uh, message for Memorial Day and maybe what it means to different ones. Uh, you know, and I, I just encourage you too, if you use social media or whatever, or you're texting, different things. If you know a family or someone who's lost a loved one in the military, uh, conflict, you know, maybe you could just send them a note, you know, just, just, I mean, I'm not trying to micromanage your affairs, I'm just saying suggestion. <laughs> you could send them a note and say that you're thinking of them and that you care about them and you're thinking of the loved one and grateful for their service. Aren't we grateful for all that have uh, laid down their lives for our freedoms? And all who have served in any way, in any capacity, and their families. Amen. All right. First Samuel 30, verse 1. This is called, and I've preached this before, but I wanted to preach it again. Called, What to Do on the Worst Day of Your Life. <laughs> Now, all of us here, up till now, this moment, we've had a what we would call the worst day, whatever day that was, something that happened, unfortunate, something that uh, caused us to have grief and caused us to to um, to have regret and of what happened, and uh, things. Uh, sometimes with some folks, it's the loss of a loved one. Others, it could be uh, an illness that came. Or uh, the loss of finances, loss of a business, all kinds of things that can happen to people. <laughs> yeah, somebody said uh, one time I had a lady come to me and she says, "I don't know what's wrong, Pastor. You know, it just seems like everything has just come against me. I mean, I've got this going wrong and that going wrong, and I've got the other thing going wrong, and I just don't know, you know, what to what to do." And uh, so I've um, said, well, I, you know, sit down. I've got bad news for you. This is really going to be terrible what you're going to find out. And they, okay, I knew something was off, you know. So they sit down. I said, the bad news is you're alive. That's the bad news. <laughs> In other words, welcome to the planet. Everybody faces stuff. Brother Hagen used to say, the crisis of life comes to everyone. Well, I didn't like it when he said that. I thought it was a bad confession. You know, when I was younger, I was 20-something, you know, you just can't imagine going through anything hardly, can you? You know, you just think, wow, I'm just going to, I'm just going to breeze through here. Not anything awful off at, at all. And, uh, in fact, that at, the wedding, uh, my, my wedding that I had with my, my wife who has passed away, Cherie, we were married 36 years, but at our, at our wedding, Kenneth Hagen and my father did the, did the, the ceremony, you know, the service and married us. And he had a prophecy at the end, you know, I gave him the script and asked him to stick to it. You know, it's bad when you get a real fired up preacher to do the wedding because then they want to, then, you know, they get moved on by the Spirit of God and then they want to extend, you know, the, 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 the message and then preach and probably give an altar call and lay hands on the sick and cast out devils, you know, at your wedding, you know, or something. So 
you just you got to be careful with these people. So you you give them a script. Now stick to it, okay? He goes, okay. So he gets up and he doesn't stick to it. I should have known better. But he he said uh, at the end of all that he was supposed to say that was printed out. Then he says, and the spirit of the Lord would say unto you. And I thought, oh God, here it comes. What's he gonna? You know, I'm gonna get rebuked for something. But um, it wasn't that. He just said. The Spirit of the Lord and the hand of the Lord is on you for good and not for evil. Well, that's a good thing. How many think that's good? So far, we're doing good, Brother Hagan. Thank you. And then he said uh, something about when the dark clouds come. And I'm thinking, don't prophesy dark clouds over us on our wedding day. What are you doing? You know, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, who could uh, who, who gets a dark cloud prophesied at your wedding? It's supposed to be happy, everybody happy, you know. And uh, he says, when the dark clouds come, I'm thinking, all I could hear is dark clouds. Dark clouds. I don't want any dark clouds. I don't receive that. In, inside, I'm thinking, I don't receive this in the name of Jesus. I resist it, actually. And he said, when the dark clouds come, you'll cling to each other. Well, I like that part. That was part of the reason for getting married, the clinging. I'm thinking, yes, please continue quickly so we can get to the clinging. Christian approved clinging, you know. And so, <laughs> so <laughs> I said, he said, you're going to cling to one another and, uh, and many will rise up and call you blessed. Well, I like that part, too, you know, getting called nice things instead of cursed. It's better to be blessed by people than cursed, right? So, you know, I just did the dark cloud thing just kind of bugged me. And I we went years and years without really any dark clouds. I thought, aha, Brother Hagin missed it. The leading prophet of the land, the father of the modern-day faith movement, has missed it. There are no dark clouds. Not Not going to. Not gonna have any, you know. And so, I said, well, uh, we're doing good. And then the proverbial, and uh, this is, you know, our testimony, most of you know it, a proverbial knock at the door on September 9th, 2011. So this September is 10 years, uh, this 10 year anniversary, 10 year mark of when we got the knock at the door for, for what happened with Chris. So the, the knock at the door, and of course, the rest is history. Jane, our daughter-in-law, walked in the door with two grievance officers to give us the bad news, and our life changed dramatically. And then, as you know, a few years went by, and my wife of 36 years passed away from, um, from uh, a condition that she, that she did not make it out of. And so, you know, the Lord, I thought, oh, okay, there's the dark clouds. But, you know, thank God for the Holy Spirit. Because I tell you, you know what? I told the Lord, I mean, I'll, we'll get to our scripture here in a minute. I'm just sharing my heart. Is that okay that I do that? Or do I have to, like, stick to the script? But, because um, it helps me to talk about it. But uh, I will tell you that, um, you know, everybody said, well, God's going to restore what's lost and, and, you know, you're going to come out of this and you're, you know, whatever. 
And at the time that they're saying it, they all mean well. Everyone means well, but it rings hollow to you. It does not, it doesn't resonate because all you have is this gash, you know, this stab wound where you're just bleeding uh, emotionally and spiritually uh, and sometimes almost physically you're bleeding out from these two major blows in your life. And then here you're supposed to be the big healing evangelist and <laughs> get the whole world fixed up. And, and oh, my goodness, you know, all that most of you that are, have been here a long time, you know what all that we've gone through with that. But thank God there is restoration. I thank God for Scarlet. I mean, God brought me the most beautiful woman, great partner, preaching partner, ministry partner, friend that anyone could dream of having, you know. And uh, I thank God for Scarlett and uh, and all that she has done and meant to me. Amen. Praise the Lord. And uh, God began to restore, in a sense, my own personal family, where I'm not just alone, you know, sitting there staring at walls. I was never, I was never a good wall starer, but, you know, well, you can go there quick if you don't watch it. You have to kind of jerk yourself out of that spot. So anyway, I know when I say what to do on the worst day of your life, I can testify that there can be some tough days. Um, you know, I've got the joy of the Lord, and God's blessed me. And a lot of people look at me and they'll say, you know, I've had them say it to my face. Well, you look at you, your nice, cushy life. What could you possibly know about pain and suffering? And I tell you, well, you, 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 you got a couple of hours. You want to hear the short version or should we go like a few sessions for a week and you hear what all I've been? What does that have to do with anything? That is not the mark of, of, uh, that we stop at somebody that's been through something. But what it, what we do is we press on towards the mark of the, prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. And we say, okay, this is what our faith is for. Folks, you know, we I think we thought that faith was to prevent us from going through anything. But the Bible doesn't promise that. But what faith does is that when you do face uncertainty and you do face things that you never dreamed that you would go through, when you face that, your faith is what puts you over. And helps you. And when you want to, I, I mean, I, like I said, bearing my soul, I told God after, when Cherie passed away, I told the Lord, I said, I'm not speaking to you for two weeks. And you say, oh, I'd be afraid to say that. Well, okay, good, be afraid. I don't care. But I'll tell you, uh, I wasn't afraid. You know why? Because I know God's goodness and God's grace. God knows my heart. God knows I wasn't telling him to take a hike. I just didn't want to talk to him because I and 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 I didn't want to join the praise uh, a fawn somewhere or whatever or, or go to some you know strange prayer meeting someplace. I didn't want to do any of that. I I, I didn't want to do anything. But try to listen. Try to focus. Try to find my footing in this world. How many can understand that? And, uh, yeah. And so, 
you say, oh, I don't know. Well, then, you know, if you say, ooh, I don't know, it's because you've got the wrong impression of your relationship with God. Because he's your very own father. You are a child of God. And the relationship can stand it. Amen. He can stand it if we have angst, if we have anger, if we have disappointment, if we have fear. Can you believe a faith preacher is preaching like this? Oh, my God, they're going to take my certificate away. But it's the truth. And whether anybody wants to admit the truth and they wave around a book on how it's a sin to grieve, who cares? You just have to follow your own path to healing. All right? And I don't, I don't judge anybody how they do that. I mean, some people say, well, I, you know, this thing's happened and I went nuts for a while. It's like, okay, well, as long as you come back from nut land, we can tolerate that. Amen. Leave, you know, some, some churches need to have a sign up that says, please leave people alone. Like you don't, you don't have to micromanage. We're, we're all codependent. Like, like we're going to manage somebody's stuff for them. Because they're too dumb to get it themselves. And I just really hate that. I just, I'm out. Don't, don't count me in on that stuff. Tell me what I have to do. I'll do the opposite. Uh, I, I don't want to be controlled and, and, and judged and controlled and, 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 you know, like a, a puppet, you know, with the strings getting pulled by the church. So I saw a sign that said, uh, on, you know, like on, Facebook or whatever, a picture of a church that said, uh, don't let depression kill you, let the church help. <laughs> and in some places, that's <laughs> they'll help you. They'll help you to be killed off. 1 Samuel 30. If you found it yet, if you haven't, give up and throw in the towel. Here's what happened with David on the worst day of his life. And I'm going to help you with these ideas here. It came to pass when David and his men were coming to Ziklag. What a horrible name of a town. Beautiful downtown Ziklag. On the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. Sounds like Portland. And had taken the the women captives that were therein. Now this is getting bad, folks. This is story is not, this is a bad day. How many see that's a bad day for the inhabitants of Ziklag? Okay, they took the women <laughs> that were therein. They slew not any, thank God for that. Neither great or small, they didn't kill the big ones or the little ones, but carried them away and went on their way. They kidnapped the whole, the whole female population. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives by not nice people. And David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. 
I've been there. Have you ever been there? You wept until you had no more power to weep. And I often encourage people, I'll say, you know what, if you feel like crying about it, just cry. But you're going to have to get to the other side of that crying to get any victory. But a lot of folks think it's a sin to cry. It's a thin, sin to weep. It's a sin to, to you know, have the, the experience of grief. But here it is in the Bible, and David did it. He didn't do too bad at the end, you know. Um, and David was, uh, had a heart after God, and, and, and God and David were tight, <laughs> as we say. And so uh, I don't see any rebuking here for the weeping. David's two wives were taken captives. Boy, he couldn't have held credentials with the church of God with two wives. Ahinoam, the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal the Carmelite. This sounds like something from Lord of the Rings, doesn't it? Nabal the Carmelite! Anyway. David was greatly distressed for, for the people spake of stoning him. That's typical. Something goes wrong and the church wants to kill the pastor. Nail him to the cross. Something's wrong. Something's gone wrong. It's the pastor's fault. He's in sin. There's sin in the camp. Something's wrong. Stone him. It says, because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. And then here we have the first um, idea or information about a turn in the situation. And this is good for you, it's good for me. What are we going to do after we've cried all the tears that are cryable? (laughs) After we've had grief, after we've been vexed in our souls, what are we now going to do? It says, David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. You know, oftentimes we're reaching out for someone to give us a word, give us an encouragement, and that's okay. Praise the Lord. We need to encourage one another. The Bible says that in the family of God, we rejoice with those who rejoice. We weep with those who weep. I found there's usually more people to help you weep than rejoice. If something good happens, they're usually mad. But... Uh, that's another sermon, okay? <laughs> but we need to do both, right? When something great happens, we need to rejoice. And when something tragic happens, we need to be able to switch gears and get into that too and help people and know, you know, it's not always some great word or some uh, thing that's going to be said to make it all better. It's just to know that you're not going through it alone. And there's somebody here with you. And that's so much what the family got. You know, people say, well, I don't even need to go to a live service. I don't, what do I need church for? This is the rate. I, you know, church attendance nationwide is down 30% since COVID. And 30% of the Christians did not get killed off by COVID. So they're still alive. And so, you know, where, where did they go? But I think a lot of people say, well, I can get a message online. I can watch, you know, TV. That's all good for filling the blank, but there's something about coming together, amen, and and hugging one another's one another's necks, 
and uh, and shaking hands or whatever, amen, and to, to say, uh, even, even without special words, it isn't like you have to become the parking lot prophet and chase people down to their cars to give them a word. But you, it's just a matter of uh, just a, a handshake, a, a, a tap on the shoulder, somebody smiling at you. <laughs> All right, everybody shout at once. Don't want any pandemonium in here. Keep it screwed down tight. I love this. The idea of others encouraging us is great, but here we have David encouraging himself. You know, you need to learn if you're going to be a successful, long-term Christian that's got victory, you better learn how to encourage yourself. Because there's going to be days when you're the only encourager around. I had a physical condition one time that, I won't go into detail, but I had a physical condition that could only be cured by a miracle. I mean, they, they, I mean, it, it wasn't life-threatening, but they said, you know, you'll have it the rest of your life. Nothing you can do about it. Some kind of viral thing that was um, in my pancreas. And they said, you know, you're going to, you're going to have a, and uh, so I, I left the doctor's office, sat in the car. This was out in Oklahoma where the wind comes rushing down the plane. Oklahoma. O-K-L-A-H-O-M-A. Oklahoma. Anyway, so I was sitting behind my steering wheel and, and, and I began, I, right then I began to encourage myself in the Lord and I said, I don't receive this. In Jesus' name, I'm not going to have this thing, whatever it's, whatever it is. And, oh, some big old long name that. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to call a prayer lady that I know that is just, you know, I mean, famous. They call her, called her a general in prayer, whatever that is. Maybe I should have known better. I should have found a specific in prayer instead of a general. Bad joke. Anyway. Don't quit your day job, right? For stand up. Another bad joke. So anyway, I said, <laughs> I, 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 I told my wife, I said, I'm going to call, I'm going to call this prayer woman because she can move heaven and earth together and she's going to help me. So I call her and she, the first thing out of her mouth is, Oh my God, I can't believe you have that. My sister nearly died of it, had to have her pancreas removed. I mean, she went like freak out on me over this. And you better be careful. And, and I was like, oh, well, I was just calling for, I thought you could agree with me in prayer. She, she couldn't. She was in mortal fear of this thing. And I thought, that's the last time, you know, I hung up the phone. I'm thinking, dear God, you know, who needs that? Nobody needs to hear that, right? You need to hear, hey, it's okay. You know, I'm going to believe God with you. I didn't get that. Well, it's very rare that I'll call and say, you know. But, I mean, we, we do because, you know, you, you, then you find people with like precious faith that will stand with you, empathize, and care. Amen? Hallelujah. But I'll tell you that, that's a warning to all of us, too. If somebody calls and needs prayer, we don't need to make them feel worse. <laughs> Then they already do, right? Yeah, that's a bad thing you got there. Wow. <laughs> that's going to take a major miracle to pull. I mean, nobody needs to hear that. 
We need to hear all things are possible to him that believes. You know, praise God. You're going to beat this. I'm going to help you. We're going we're going to have a testimony here. Preach, pastor. Woo! It's the highest I've raised my leg all week. All right. So back to the point is that David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God, and that's what we need to learn to do. Amen. When we when when we come out of the Initial shock of things, we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord and say, God is helping me. Amen. Well, it doesn't look like he's helping. It doesn't feel like he's helping. It doesn't matter. He's helping. David said to Abiathar, the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, I you love these names, bring me hither the ephod and uh, uh, Biathar uh, brought thither, hither and thither. That'd be a good name for a couple dogs that you get, you know, like two English bulldogs. This is hither and thither. They run hither and thither. Uh, Biathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David... <laughs> Ruby's cracking me up. This is number two. David inquired of the Lord. Now that's the second thing. You know, don't inquire of the Lord when you're down in the dumps necessarily. What the, you can't even hardly hear. Encourage yourself in the Lord first. Well, with what? Well, it could start with something as simple as, uh, Father God, I thank you that I'm your child. You're my very own father, and I'm your very own child, and that you love me so much. In other words, go through the gospel in your prayer. You loved me so much that you had Jesus down on the cross, shed his blood for me, and now all my sins are under the blood. Hallelujah. You're not um, uh, um, you know, holding anything against me. And, I, and, and you said, come boldly to the throne of grace, that I may find grace to help in time of need. I thank you, Father God, that you are my helper, that you're helping me, you care about me. See, build yourself, get out of the mully grubs into faith, and you'll be able to hear from God what to do. Because how many sometimes get into the place you don't know what to do? Huh? I've been there. Don't know what to do. What do I do now? Look at this, look at this mess. Now what do I do? You know, Christians need to like be given permission to be honest. We got so deep into confession, and I'm all about that. Amen. Jesus said you have what you say, Mark eleven twenty three. It's true. We need to bless ourselves, not curse ourselves, all these things, right? And and not just say, Well, I'm 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 you know, something off the shoe. We we we, we need we need not to go there. I, there's an extreme but then there's an extreme with confession to where we can't even talk. We can't even say, hey, somebody, this is what I'm going through. And this is what I'm experiencing. Can you encourage me? And there's some places that it's just difficult to do that. You'll get rebuked. Don't, now, don't say that. Now, don't say that. The confession monitors. They look like those little carts that Kmart used to have with the blue light special. 
and run through the store. Anybody remember that? And the blue light would flash, and that meant that as long as the blue light's in that department flashing, you get 30% off of that item or whatever. Well, that's the way some churches look like. They got the blue light confession monitors running around. They're usually the same as the parking lot prophets to tell you what you're doing wrong and how you're missing it. Uh, those three types of folks are in the Bible. They're in the book of Job. <laughs> and they told Job how he'd missed it. You know, well, you're missing it here. You're missing it there. You're missing it here. You're missing it over there or someplace else. And he said, why are you uh, uh, correcting me? You three guys are worse off than I am. That's what he finally told them. Thank God Job had some backbone. Praise the Lord. Anyway, we need to get ourselves up out of the thing and get encouraged and then inquire of the Lord. He didn't just run out there half-cocked, as we say, but he uh, got some plan. Now, God will give you a plan. I don't know why I'm yelling today. I'm just excited. He's a screamer, preacher. Don't go over there. He screams. But I'm excited about this message because it helps me. Okay, it maybe does not, nothing for you, but it helps me. David inquired of the Lord, saying, what is the plan? Basically, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered and said, pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail... Recover all. Now he's got a word from the Lord. Amen. And I believe God will give you a plan. You know, um, the Bible tells us that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Well, if he's already ordered our steps and ordered them aright, praise God, that's what the Bible says, then he has a plan. How many believe God knows? How to bring us out. He knows how to bring us out of the trouble, the trial, the grief, the problem, the darkness, the sadness. He knows how to pull us out and draw us to a higher ground. Amen. And I've seen it in my life. And I've had to ask, inquire of the Lord. I don't know what to do, Lord. I don't know what to say. I don't know which way to turn. Sometimes he'll give you just a, the next step. You say, I want to see the whole map. Well, no, you no, you don't always get the whole map. But some, you're on a need-to-know basis, like the army, I guess. But uh, sometimes the Lord will just say, do this one thing. Make this one phone call. Make, you know, do, do something. And you just obey that. And then say, okay, now what? Now what do I do, Lord? And the Lord will give you the next step. He's not hiding. The Bible says, call unto me and I'll answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. We think we know everything. Well, there, I know everything there is to know about this situation. No, you don't. No, we don't. I don't. I don't know everything. The pastor, you must know. You're the pastor. What's the Lord said? Well, I'm still listening. 
Well, this is what Brother Billy Bob did up the street. Well, great. God bless him. But, you know, we got to hear from God. Right? Well, this, you know, have you tried, you know, free Cheerio boxes? I I don't know. You know, it's like everybody wants to give you an idea of what to do. But, you know, you have to hear from God. And you follow God. It may be like Brother Hagin used to say. Things, some things are great ideas. It's just, are you supposed to be doing it? That's the question. The Lord told him to pursue and you'll, and you'll recover all of it. And I believe that's God's will. No matter what's been lost, I tell you, God wants us to recover all of it. So, well, I don't know how, what that's going to look like and how that's going to be possible. I know. But he does. He does know. How many believe God's smarter than us? How many know he thinks higher and bigger and, and more wonderful? He wants glory. David went, 600 men that were with him, and said, and uh, we're not going to read all this because we don't want to take the time. You can do it yourself. Read, read the rest of this chapter. And it talks about all that they pursued and got. But I, I want you to look, and there's a lot, it's, it's very Arabian Nights. There's a lot of camels and stuff in it, if you like that sort of thing. Um, look at verse 18. It's always camels in the Bible. In there. I will trade you 2,000 camels. David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. Look at that. And I underlined that and I put it in my Bible in yellow. And during the time, again, I lost my son. I lost my wife. I mean, you know, a lot of stuff came against us. Um, but it says David, and was kind of good because that's my name too. It was easy to relate to the scripture. And I stood on this, and I've helped others with it. What does the Bible say in verse 18? David recovered all. Praise the Lord. And I made that my confession. I said, David recovered all. Somehow, God's going to help me recover all that the enemy has uh, take, uh, taken. David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives, praise God. And there was nothing, and I underlined this and got this yellowed out on my marker, highlighted, we should say. There was nothing lacking to them. And I underlined that. And I said, that's me too. Nothing lacking. Nothing lacking. I don't believe in living in lack. Neither small nor great, nothing lacking. Neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. Look at this again. I, I underlined it. It says uh, there's a colon there. Do you have to understand grammar? It means that everything that's on both sides of the colon are the equal significance. David recovered all. Is this helping you today at all? Praise God. David recovered all. David took all the flocks. I love this part too. 
and herds, which they drave before those other cattle and said, this is David's spoil. Now, I want to talk about spoil because, you know, there's something called punitive damages in lawsuits that not only do you recover what, you know, has been lost, but then if you've got a real mean pit bull type attorney, <laughs> he'll go after somebody and get, you know, extra, right? Like a, some insurance company or something that's tried to rip you off. The a, a good attorney will get punitive damages. In other words, something for your trouble. And I love that that says, David got something for his trouble. The enemy came in and took everything. He got all that back, plus David's spoils. What were they? They're listed right there. It said, uh, uh, all the flocks and the herds, which was driven before the uh, those other cattle, in other words, the ones that were supposed to be his, and said, this is David's spoil. He took extra livestock for the punitive damages. Amen. Well, praise God. You know, we're talking, we're not talking about people here. We're not talking about hurting anybody or suing anybody. It's just a illustration. What we are talking about is making the devil pay for it. And I'll tell you what, if you've got anger issues, you've got grief issues or whatever, I've had to learn to do this. I've learned to take that energy from that, 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 uh, uh, I mean, I'm real, I'm real careful with the word energy preaching because it sounds like new age and then you get into the energy from the geode that, you know, whatever, some crazy thing. But there is an energy, there is a strength, there is a power, we could say. Um, and you can take your anger over the situation and, and, and don't put it against people or against yourself or something else or the church. Take your, or against God, take that 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 power that comes from that anger and make it righteous indignation, and turn it against the devil, Amen. And tell him you're going to pay for this. Not only are you going to pay for it, there's punitive damages that's going to come on the top of it. Can you say Amen? And when you begin to do that, I mean, this is something that I've had to work on, and I'm still working on it. You know, I'm not saying that I've arrived and I'm just, you know, the example of it, much of anything. But I am telling you that the Holy Spirit will help you if you will let him help you. Amen? Is this helping anybody with anything, you know? I tell you, I, there is, it's a beautiful story though. We've got, we've got like the worst thing you can imagine happening to this man. And then at the end of it, he's got victory and he has more. And it's always like that in the Old Testament. If you look at the, the ones who trusted God, Job had twice as much as he started with. I mean, at story after story after story of, of, of disaster and then recovery. And then they're always better off than they were before they started. God, no one, see, see we, we, we think something's been taken away from us. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. Think, oh, vengeance is God's, and I want to have some vengeance, and and I can't have any because that's not walking in love. 
and it's always just God with his vengeance. But I tell you what, the vengeance of God is beautiful because he will go after the enemy and recover what has been taken. Can you say amen? And sometimes that recovery comes in a form that you didn't dream of. You didn't think this could be possible. You didn't. It was a different kind of an approach or coming. The Bible says that the blessings overtake us. They come from behind. We don't even usually we're looking for a blessing out here and it's right behind us, tapping us on the shoulder, going, hey, I'm your blessing. Amen. All right, let's lift our hands and thank the Lord today for the word. Father, we praise you. We thank you. We magnify you. We glorify you. We lift up your name in this place. We believe in salvation and deliverance and healing and the gifts of the Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for your power. We thank you for changing things today in Jesus' name. Lord, those that are especially watching online, if you have a physical need in your body, just put your hand where you're suffering. I'm going to speak to that. And speak words of authority in Jesus' name. I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk. I command tumors and and uh, uh, different kinds of uh, of of sicknesses and uh, system breakdowns. Command it to all be healed, be whole in Jesus' name. I command every name that has a name to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you and praise you. Those that are tormented by, by fear, by, by, by discouragement, by doubt and unbelief, we just rebuke that in Jesus' name. The evil spirits that might be tormenting someone, addictions, whatever, in Jesus' name, be free and be delivered today in Jesus' name. Lord, those that have financial needs, that have material needs, We thank you for showing yourself strong this week. We thank you, Lord, that something uh, good is going to happen. Something is going to change. Something's going to be broken. Other things are going to be released. And, Lord, I thank you for that. The release of finances, the release of material needs to be met in Jesus' name. Those that need new vehicles, Lord, I thank you that you work it out. Those that need a new place to live, you'll work it out. Those that need other things, Lord, that you cause it to come to pass. We give you all the glory. Let's praise him. And all the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right. You may be dismissed. God bless you. Thanks for coming today. Wednesday night.